Rachel, I'm not sure that's your best possible course of action at this time. You sound like a psychologist, Rachel said, the hint of a smile, teasing her glossed lips. Well, you're dealing with memories you've kept repressed for a great deal of your life. Now is not an appropriate time to get involved with a firearm. I've made up my mind. Ruby noted Rachel's rigid posture. It's your father, isn't it? Every time you're dealing with something about your father, you go on emotional hold. You become neutral and separate. You tuck in behind your newsreader identity. It's how you choose to protect yourself from your feelings about him. He's the reason I want a gun, Rachel said. Well, you haven't seen this man in years. Why now? He knows that if I'm going to a psychologist, some things could turn up that it'd be dangerous to him. Well, how long has it been since you've seen your father? Fifteen years or so, ever since I went to live with my Aunt Ivy. Does your aunt have any connection to him? None. She despises the man. If you haven't had any contact with him in that long, what makes you think he knows where you are or what you're doing? Rachel plucked absently at the hem of her skirt for a moment. Her shoulders sagged and she lifted tear-filled eyes to look at Ruby. He knows, she said. He makes it his business to know. I'm a loose end. Daddy hates loose ends. And now you've decided to get a gun. Rachel nodded. Do you know anything about guns? Have you ever even shot a gun? There are a couple of places that give lessons. Ruby fiddled with her pen as she stalled for time. Okay, she said. I know somebody who might be able to help. Will you give me a day or two? After Rachel left, Ruby reached for the phone to call an old friend. He answered on the third ring. Hey, Crockett, Ruby said. Got a gun? What? A gun. You know, bang, bang, innocent bystanders lying in the street, blood in the gutter, that kind of stuff. Crockett lowered his voice into a stage whisper. Ruby, if someone is forcing you to make this call, clear your throat. I have a client. I told you that 900 number would work. Ruby grinned. If you can drag yourself out of that quagmire of isolation and self-pity you laughingly refer to as your life, meet me for lunch. Oh, gee, I don't know. My calendar's pretty full. Bullshit. Is this like a date? Business. I'll buy. Well, it must be serious. Possibly. The Classic Cup on the plaza, one thirty. She hung up quickly, knowing that the Classic Cup did not compliment Crockett's self-image, half expecting him to call back and bitch. He didn't. Crockett remained on the couch for a while, feeling like he'd come in during the middle of the movie, a common sensation when he dealt with Ruby. He realized that making him play catch-up was one of her ploys to keep him off balance, but today was different. Today was obviously not just fun and games. She wanted his cooperation. The fact that she needed his assistance for some reason didn't mean that he had any sort of advantage. Ruby didn't give advantages. Whatever was on her devious mind would be more than met the casual eye. Still, it was nice to be needed, even if he had no idea why. Sighing, he rose, compensated for the kink in his back, grimaced at the pain in his hip, and limped into his bathroom. He brushed his teeth in the shower, slipped into some faded jeans and a nearly clean flannel shirt, and prepared to venture out into the world.